All right, Shabbosai, good morning, good morning. Let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's shear. To thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Cheshvan, Mayor and Rachel Gold, for dedicating all the shiurim and drashos this month in memory of Yonah Tzvi, Ben Yosef Chaim Elazar Cohen, Norman Leah Efron, for dedicating the shiurim this month in honor and celebration of the 98th birthday of Noam's grandfather, Yosef Herschel, Ben Mordechai Halevi, and our week of learning sponsors, Mr. Morton Esterson and Samia Malka Esterson, in memory of Mrs. Miriam Goldfine, Miriam Bas Matisio, Zichron Livracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family Zainachamo. Also, a special welcome to Rabbi Sun and Shine. Baruch Hashem was a charter member of this year, a founding member of this year, who has a yard site for your father. Father Tain Nisham Shavan Aliyah, so wonderful to see you. Of course, uh, Mazel Tov to David Flum on the birth of his son, Baruch Hashem. Uh, welcome back to Shir. And the God of Torah, the Chopa, the Maisim Tovim. And the Havdil, Binachai Bamaisim, want to take the opportunity also to welcome back Rabbi Yanki Statman, who's um, just up this week from, from sitting Shiva for his sister. We hope that the Statman Mishpacha. Knows much simcha in the years to come, and may she knows neshama have an aliyah and a licht to All right, the with that, let us let us begin. So we have a lot to do today. Today's daf is yudbeis yudbeis. We are picking up in Mir Hashem twelve. We are picking up on your aleph amud beis, pretty much the middle. Vazlo tamayu. It's two, four, six, eight, ten lines up from the bottom. So I'll say, if you remember again, yesterday we were engaged in a riveting machlokis between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua about when the world was created, and that particular machlokis drove the timeline on a number of other very important events. Right? So remember again, we have Rabbi Eliezer who says that the world was created in Tishrei. Okay, and again, right now we're going to focus on the creation of the world. And we had Rabbi Yoshua telling us that in Nisan the world was created. Just to kind of highlight the bookends of this Machlokas, Rabbi Eliezer holds the world was created in Tishrei and Mashiach comes in Tishrei. Right? So even though Nisan Nigalu, there are bookends like this. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yoshua holds the world was created in Nisan and Mashiach comes in Nisan. And again, that's not an accident. In other words, whatever day you hold was creation, that's ultimately when Mashiach comes as well because Messianic arrival, Yemosa Mashiach, in and of itself is a nuchelik of the Bria, a nuchelik of creation as well. So the Gemara Seva Azla Tamayu, both of them go according to their reasoning. How so? This Sanya, this is very interesting. So listen to this. So the Torah is describing over here the beginning of the Mabul. The beginning of the Mabul. So when does the Mabul begin? Torah gives us the date. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month. So the Mabul begins on the 17th of the second month. Okay, when is that? Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Osahayom Yezayin Be'ir Haya. Now we'll say, now remember again, Rabbi Yeshua holds when was the world created? When? When? Nisan. So therefore again, Bachodesh Hasheni means what? Iyar. Iyar, right? You have Nisan, Iyar. Iyar is the second month. So Rabbi Yeshua holds that the Mabul began in the month of Iyar. 
And what, what's, what was unique about that day? Yom Shemazel Kima Shokea Bayom. Now, it's a day, during, during the days of Iyar, is when the mazel of Kima. Kima is one of the mazalos. So what the mazel, the constellation of Kima, is set during the day. And the wellsprings, right? The springs, the, the subterranean wellsprings, are generally depleted or diminished. Here's what's interesting. According to Rabbi Yoshua, during Iyar, during this time of Iyar, there wouldn't be a lot of, bless you, a lot of subterranean water. There wouldn't be a lot of subterranean water. So the miracle was what? Since the Dor the generation of the flood, they changed their ways. They acted in an abnormal fashion. HaKadosh Baruch Hu changed the laws of nature. And instead of the constellation of Kima setting by day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused it to rise by day. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took out two stars from Kima. And as a result of the removal of the two stars, the world was flooded. Now what does that mean? What does it mean stars flooding? So you have to go back to Bereshis. So remember again, you know, I'll tell you something interesting. The first time I really understood the, you know how like your Baruch Hashem, if you know, if, 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 if you have a child who comes home from school, so they're learning Parsha, and you know, they come to the table with, um, sometimes like with that binder, you know, that, that big binder, and you have to put on a smile that you're very excited to see, that, oh, wow, it got so much bigger, that's, that's incredible. Oh, we're going to do that all tonight. That all tonight? You save something for the, for the archim for this. So it's interesting. I remember one of my girls, she was learning Barash. She was young, it was many years ago. And she was talking about the Rakia. And she defined the Rakia as sky divider. Like, who said sky divider? What is, what, what is, it sounds like a, like a character from Star Wars. You know, it was, what's the, what's the sky divider? What, what, what is that? So I realized afterwards that this teacher is such a great chak, because we always learn Rakia as sky, right? But the truth is, if you look at Rashi, Rashi explains that actually Rakia is a divider. That the point of the Rakia was to divide between the Mayim Tachtonim and the Mayim Alyonim. Remember, the world was originally all water. Chodesh Baruch Hu divides it in the upper waters and the lower waters. And what, what's the divider? It's the Rakia. So in fact, it's not just sky, it's Mamish a divider. So look what happens. This is fast. According to Rabbi Yoshua, the Mabal occurs in the second month. Rabbi Yoshua holds Rosh Hashanah, right? New year is Nisan. Second year is Iyar. Normally, if you're going to flood a world, where do you flood it from? Where do you flood it from? Right? Where do you flood it from? From the bottom. You have, you have, you have waters already in the earth. The problem is that during the month of Iyar, there's less subterranean water. There's less subterranean water. This is good to know. So what does the Kodesh Baruch Hu do? Right? He causes the mazel of Kima to rise during the day. Stars go into the sky during the day. And what he does is he pulls out two of the stars of Kima. Now what happens when you pull out two stars from the sky? What does that do? What does that do? It allows the celestial waters to flow into the earth. Thus, flooding the earth. According to Rabbi Yoshua, that's how the Mabal occurred. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, no. He says, No. Rabbi Eliezer, remember, holds, when is Rosh Hashanah? When is Rosh Hashanah? Right? Is Tishrei. And therefore, what's the Chodesh Hashani? What's the second month? Second month is Cheshvan. Yom Shemazel Kima Ole Bayom Umayonos Miskabrim. Is it? I'm sorry? 
Yud Zion is tomorrow. Oh boy, we better behave. Okay, so let's get this together. Right? All right, good. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Absolutely incredible. Right? I think it's tomorrow, Yud Zion Cheshvan. I think today's Tesvav. Good. So, the, so incredible. Incredible. Right? Thank you, Dr. Gavan. So, as it says, that, that ultimately the Mabal occurred on the 17th of Cheshvan. Yom Shemazel Kima Ola Bayom. It's a day in which the constellation of Kima normally arises by day. Uma Ayonos Miskabrim. And there's plenty of subterranean water. Yud Beis. Umitoch Sheshina Maaseyem. Shina Kodesh Baruchu Aleyem Maaseberashis. So, what happened? Same thing. Because the Dorha Mabel acted in inappropriate ways, they acted in abnormal ways, right? They changed their behavior for the negative. Ultimately, again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu changed the normal order of Bereshis as well. And therefore, Behela Mazel Kima Bayom, Vinatal Shnei Kochavim, he took two stars, Kima came up by day, took out two stars from the constellation of Kima, Behevi Mabul Liolam, and he brought a Mabul. Now, Bose, here's what's interesting. Both Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer agree so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu punished the world in a Mashunadika way with a change. The Dor HaMabal, they changed their ways and therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu acted with the Shinoi as well. According to Rabbi Yoshua, the Shinoi is that what? HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused the Mazel of Kima to rise by day, even though it doesn't normally rise by day, during ER. According to Rabbi Eliezer, the Shinoi was, he could have, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have flooded the world from where? from the subterranean waters, because there was enough water during Cheshvan. Ultimately, again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did a shinui that he flooded the world from above. Okay, the point of Rabbi Osai is you see that the fundamental machlokes in Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer manifests itself already in the beginning of the Torah. That when the Torah tells us that the Mabul occurred during the second month, Rabbi Yoshua understands that to mean Iyar, and Rabbi Eliezer understands that to mean Cheshvan. And again, the fact that they each interpret it that way flows into what we said before. Rabbi Eliezer holds that the world was created in Tishrei. Rabbi Yeshua holds the world was created in Nisan. Dramatic machlokas. So the Gemara says, Bishlom Rabbi Yoshua, Hainu Dichsev, Sheni. So it's according to Rabbi Yoshua, I understand why it says Sheni. It says the second month. Ella the Rabbi Eliezer, my Sheni. But according to Rabbi Eliezer, ultimately again, why does it say Sheni? The Gemara says, Sheni Ledin. Ultimately, because it is the second month from judgment. That since judgment occurs in Tishrei, ultimately again, Cheshvan is the second month from judgment. Bishlam al Rabbi Yoshua, Hainu Deshina. So as a current Rabbi Yoshua, I understand ultimately the Shinoi. I understand what, how HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Mishana. Right? Remember, like in Abosai, in general, in divine punishment, there's always reciprocity. There's always Mida Kineged Mida. Generally, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's punishments always somehow are reflective of the nature of the transgression. So I understand, we said that Dor HaMabel, they were Mishana. They changed. They engaged in inappropriate or abnormal behavior. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mishana. HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes them in a Mishunadika way as well. So according to Rabbi Yoshua, according to Rabbi Yoshua, I understand what that was. Meaning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused the Mazel of Kima to rise by day. El Rabbi Eliezer, Maishina. But according to Rabbi Eliezer, ultimately again, what is, what was the Shinui? Rabbi say it's interesting. You see, I mentioned before, according to Rabbi Eliezer, the Shinui could be that even though during Cheshvan, there was enough subterranean water to go ahead and flood the world, Hagidosh Baruch Hu chose to flood the world from above. 
apparently the Gemara doesn't see that to be the Shinui, right? Apparently the, the notion of flooding the world from above was the appropriate way to do this, to demonstrate that this was a punishment from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So if that's the case, if that's not the Shinui, what was the Shinui, according to Rabbi Eliezer, this is incredible, Kidra Avchista, Dharma Avchista, Beroschen Kilkulu, Uberoschen Nidonu. Ultimately, again, the Gemara says that literally they sin. Roschen Abosa means boiling or hot. They sinned, this means with boiling or hot, but old, and therefore, again, they were punished with boiling hot as well. What does this mean? Beroschen Kilkulu, Ba'avera. So we'll say, here's what's interesting. The, they, are, they, they, they sinned, literally it means they sinned with boiling, they sinned with, we'll say this is usually a reference to immorality. Usually this, this idea of beroschen represents the wasting of zera, the wasting of seed. They wasted seed, which often is referred to as in Chazal as boiling, as something hot, as something warm. Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes ahead and punishes them with something boiling as well. So therefore, Baroschen Kilkulu, Ba'avera, U Baroschen Nidonu. But it's actually quite dramatic. Apparently, according to Rabbi Eliezer, the waters of the flood, it's not just the pshat that they flooded the world, they were boiling hot. They were boiling hot to the point that nothing was able to survive out in the water. So the Gemara says, Ksiv hacha, it says over here, Vayishoku hamayim, that the water subsided. Uksiv hasam v'chamas hamelech shachacha. And it says over there by Megillah Esther, by Achashverosh, that after Achashverosh ordered Haman to be hanged, ultimately his anger cooled down. So you see the Lashon, so you see again, Hamas anger, right, with the Lashon of Shachacha cooled down. So therefore again, Vayishoku Amayim, the water subsided, which means it cooled down. Why was the water boiling hot? So apparently again, that was a Mida Kenegen Mida, a reciprocal, a reciprocal punishment, ultimately again, for the nature of their immorality, for the nature of their Avera. Pretty amazing. Turn on the Gemara goes weiter. Chachme Yisrael Monin Lamabul, Rabbi Eliezer, excuse me. So this is very interesting. We'll get into this more in subsequent sugyas, how the dating systems, we've already seen that there's a distinction in how we date documents, for example, whether you're dating according to Jewish kings, non-Jewish kings. So we saw that particular machlokas. Now another interesting machlokas, the Yimar says over here is the Jewish scholars, the Chum of Klal Yisrael, Monin Lamabul, Krabi Lazar, they count the years from the Mabul in accordance with Rabbi Eliezer, i.e., that the Mabul happened in Cheshvan, and ultimately Ulitikufa, but they count the seasons, Krabi Yoshua, from Nisan. Chachme Umo Saulam, but the, if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says over Chachme Yisrael, Monin Lamabul, Krabi Eliezer, Monin Shnos Noach, Ubrias Olam, Ushnos Adars, Krabi Eliezer, Monin Mitishrei, Trilas Hashanim. So I will say, in general, when it comes to counting years, right, whether it's the years of Noah, whether it's the years of the creation of the world, the years of the generations, we count from Tishrei, the Chachmei Yisrael, counts from Tishrei, like Rabbi Eliezer. Now, it's interesting, Rashi says, V'lo mishum desvir lehu b'tishrei nevra olam, ela tishrei rash hashanah l'ashanim, u'benisa nevra olam. So I will say, this is quite possible, this is something amazing. It could be that the Chachmei Yisrael subscribed to the idea that the world was created in Nisan. But even if you hold that the world was created in Nisan, Tishrei becomes the official calendrical new year. 
So when it comes to years, the Chachme Yisrael count from Tishrei. When it comes to seasons, they count seasons like Rabbi Yoshua from Nisan. Rashi says, Okay, so Rashi goes on with the whole calculation, which we'll see later on. So the Gemara goes right there. But the wise, the wise men of the nations of the world, they count even according to the Mabul. Not only do they count the new year like Rabbi Yoshua, but they count even the Mabul years, which means the years of the world like Rabbi Yoshua from Nisan as well. Incredible. We'll say next piece. Lirakos. Remember again, I'm saying we're working our way through the Mishnah. So the next thing the Mishnah said is that that Echad uh, B'Shvat. I'm sorry, not Echad B'Shvat. I'm sorry. Echad B'Tishrei is the Rosh Hashanah for Yirakos for vegetables. So what does this mean? So Tana Lirakos Ula Maestros Ula Nedarim. So we have another Brisa that says that the first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for vegetables for Maeser. And for Nedarim. Okay, we'll define, we'll define each of these things. So the Gemara says, what, what does that mean? The Yerakos, my nihu. What does that mean ultimately again for Yerakos? What, what does that mean? That it's that first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for Yerakos. To which the Gemara says, Meiser Yerek. It means tithing of vegetables. Tithing of vegetables. Take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Second white line in Rashi, the Yerakos. Rashi says, so remember again, if there is one rule that we have by tithing, it's what? It's what? It is that you could only tithe on, a, on one cohort from that cohort. So in other words, we don't tithe the crops or the groups from one year on another. As such, it's important to know when one cohort begins and it, or one cohort ends and a second one begins. Therefore, the Gemara says, first of Tishrei is the Rosh Hashanah for vegetables, for Yerakos. So the Gemara says, But that's the same thing as Maestro, so then it's repetitive. Because you just said the first of Tishrei is the Rosh Hashanah for for Maestro. And now you're saying it's, the, it's Rosh Hashanah for Maestro and for vegetables. But if vegetables is Maestro Yerak, is tithing vegetables, then Yerakos and Maestro are the same thing. To which the Imam will say, watch this. We'll say, now we get into something very interesting. The, the concept, the obligation to tithe vegetables is only midrabanon. As we're going to see midda or raisa, there's only really an obligation to go ahead and take miser from wheat, from grain, from grapes, and from olives. Now we'll extend that, but many other things, you have a chiv of miser, but only midrabanon. So vegetables are an excellent example. There is no chiv midaraisa to tie the vegetables, only a chiv midrabanon. So therefore, again, the Gemara is suggesting when the Bryce has said that the first of Tishrei is Rashana for Yurakos and for Maestros, Yurakos means vegetables, i.e. Maeser derabanon, and Maestros means what? Maeser deoraisa. So the Gemara says, Velisni deoraisa beresha, this is great. But in, if that's the case, doesn't it make sense then in the order of the Brisa to say, Le Maestros, all Yerakos, right? Because if Maestros means biblical tithing, right? And Yerakos means rabbinic tithing, doesn't it make sense to list the Da'araisa before the Dirabanon? This is great. The Gemara says, um, In the Brisa, the Brisa favors the rabbinic tithes more than the biblical tithes. Why is that? 
because the Rabbanon take a lot of pride in their halachas. So therefore, again, because they take a lot of pride in their, their halachas, they put the Dirabanon before the Doraisa. It's quite beautiful. I have a Tana Didan, and our Tana, in our Mishnah, Tana Dirabanon, the Choshekin Doraisa, and our Tana, Lissi Yurakas, and if, certainly, again, if the first of Tishrei is the Rosh Hashanah for Yurakos, which is only Dirabanon, certainly, again, it'll be the Rosh Hashanah for other Maestros, which are Doraisa, the Gemara says, echad. So I'll say, so now we understand, by the way, so first halacha is that Maestri Yerakos is, is Drabanon. And I'll say, this is very important because that what this means now is in general, when we see, when we see these two words, Yerakos and Maestros, in the same list, although it looks redundant, it is not. Yerakos refers to vegetables, but not just vegetables. It really refers to any item for which there is a din drabanon of meiser. And meisrus refers to things which you have to take meiser from midda So the Gemara says, just as an aside, the listni meiser echad. So just a question, why do you use the plural lotion of meisros? Right? Why meisros? Why plural? Why not just say meiser, the listni meiser? Oh, because remember again, Maestros usually automatically contains two categories, which is tithing of grain, tithing of grain, and tithing of animals. Those two things are usually linked together. The listni yerek, but alt is fascinating. Why do you say yerekos plural? Why don't you just say yerek, vegetable, singular? Right? I will say, but I just want to point out, even if you look in the style of the Mishnah, Right? The Mishnah says, Linetia. It doesn't say Netios, right? Sap. Remember again, we just said before, we learned our previous sugya, is that the first of Tishrei is the new year for Arla. It doesn't say Linetios, right? It says Netia. It says singular. So, and then it goes, Yurakos. And then it says vegetables. And by, by the way, later on, the next part of the Mishnah is going to say, Rosh Hashanah, Le'ilan, for the tree. So, why are you listing Yurakos in the plural? It's a good kasha. So I'll say, listen to this. The listening Yarek. So why don't you say Yarek in the singular? Here we go. Tregabni Yarek. This is so fascinating. There are two different types of vegetables. What does this mean? Two Allahic categories of vegetables. Lagabi Maestri. Absolutely incredible. This none. This none because we learned. Yarek Haneegad. Listen to this. See, I'll say, the, the Mishnah is operating with the, the Gemara, I'm sorry, is operating with the assumption over here. That, well, actually, let's just read it. If you have a vegetable that is bundled, which I will say, we're talking about now a vegetable that when you pick it, when you pick it, after you pick it, you bundle it, right? So this vegetable is not normally stored. You don't normally keep it just in, a, in a, a, one of them, but rather you bundle them together. So I will say, any vegetable that is bundled, ultimately, again, once it's bundled. Okay, what does that mean? Look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. Yerek Hanegad, Shedarko Ba'agudos. If you have a particular vegetable that is normally bunched, it's normally, it's normally stored in a bundle or in a bunch. Mishi Yegad, Havi Granolamaiser, Vas Lechomimeno Arai Achi Aser. See, I must remember again, one of the important halachas when it comes to maestros is as follows. Once there is an obligation, to tithe a particular item, you are not permitted to eat from it without going ahead and tithing it. But that obligation only sets in when the item is quote-unquote what? Finished. When it's complete. Before it's quote-unquote complete, you could eat achilasara. You could snack from it. So when is a vegetable considered to be complete? 
that you can't eat from it without, without, uh, without taking miser? Well, it depends on the vegetable. If it's the kind of vegetable that's normally stored in a bundle, once it's bundled, it's complete. Once it's bundled, it's complete. And therefore, once it's bundled, you can't even eat achila sarai without first taking miser from it. So the Gemara says, But if you have a vegetable, ultimately, again, that's not stored in bundles. Rather, what happens? You, when you pick it, you put it in a basket. And when the basket becomes full, that's when we're done. Ultimately, again, once the kli, once the kli is full, or, or whatever, once you're finished putting vegetables in the kli, then the vegetable is considered finished, complete, and you cannot partake of it without separating maizer. Look at Rashi. Well, not yet. So I will say, now what I want to point out is something fascinating, and we're going to come to this as well in a, in a bit. According to both of these approaches, so first let me answer the question. Therefore, the Gemara says, when we speak about vegetables, we always speak, we always refer to vegetables as yirakas, the plural Why? Because the truth is, in the olam of vegetables, right, in the vegetable belt, right, there's two different types of vegetables. There are vegetables that are completed when they are bundled, and there are vegetables that are completed when they're put in the basket, and the basket is, quote-unquote, full. So two different stages of completion for vegetables. Therefore, the Mishnah uses the plural of yurakos. What I'll just point out is, according to both of these opinions, the tithing obligation of vegetables does not occur before they are picked. Now, this is going to stand in contradistinction to fruit. Fruit, we're going to see there's an interesting discussion that it could be that the tithing obligation, and we'll see the ramifications of this, is actually triggered by when the fruit blossoms and not necessarily by when the fruit is picked. We'll, we'll get to that. But I just want to point out just by vegetables, at, at least right now, everyone is agreeing that the obligation for meiser only occurs once the vegetable is picked, some it's picked and bundled, some it's picked and put in the basket. So, because is going to illustrate this. If you picked a vegetable, until, until uh, b- before the sun went down. Look at Rashi just a moment. Here's that phrase. Underline that line. That by vegetables, the tithing obligation is set by when you pick the vegetable. I'll both say, quick, quick crash course in just the timing of different tithes. Remember again, we operate on a seven-year agricultural cycle. Very important, right? So your Shemitah, Shemitah we're going to see, there, nothing applies on Shemitah. No, no, no Meister supply on Shemitah. So really the cycle is a six-year cycle. Not every single tithe applies every single year. So just on a very simple level, the only model we need to know for now is on years one, two, four, and five. Years one, two, four, five. So this Truma, Truma always applies every year. Meisterishon, which goes, right, Truma goes to the coin. Meisterishon goes to the Levi. Those are going to apply every year of the six years, we're going to see. So years one, two, four, five, Truma Meisterishon, on years one, two, four, and five, you have Meiser Shani. Meiser Shani. So remember again, what's Meiser Shani? It's yours, but you have to what? Eat it in Yerushalayim. So we'll say, just remember this. One, two, four, five, Chuma, Meiser Ishom, those are always there. Meiser Shani. Years three and six is again, Chuma, Meiser Ishom, but years three and six, you have Meiser Ani. Meiser Ani. So the thing to remember is Shuma Maiserishon are fixed every year. What 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 um what changes 
is the Meiser Shani, Meiser Ani. So one, two, four, five, Meiser Shani, three and six, Meiser Ani. So the Gemara Sabo says, so now watch this. Says the Gemara, turn around, Likate Yarek, Erev Rosh Hashanah. So now you understand this case. You pick a vegetable, Erev Rosh Hashanah. Erev Rosh Hashanah, right? Achlo Tava Hashem, before the sun goes down. The Chazer Velikate, then you pick another vegetable, Oven Beis, Mishet Tava Hashemesh. Once the sun goes down. Now, both like, you're, you're, you're not picking the vegetable on Rosh Hashanah. Whatever, somebody picked your vegetable on Rosh Hashanah, right? One of your workers, you know, unbeknownst to you, picked a, picked a vegetable on, on Rosh Hashanah itself. So now, something very interesting. Ein tarmin uma'asrin You cannot, both say, those two vegetables picked one day apart are part of two different tithing cohorts, right? The one picked before Rosh Hashanah is part of group A, right? And the one picked after Rosh Hashanah is part of group B. And therefore, you cannot tithe them one from the other. The fee, shein tarmen umesrin lo chadash ala yashan velo yashan ala chadash. Because you cannot tithe old produce from new produce or new produce from old produce. So therefore, I will say, watch this. Im this is what I just told you before. So I'll say, imagine, by the way, imagine, by the way, we're currently now in year two. Remember again, what applies in year two? What applies in year two? Meister, Meister Shani, right? In year two. So now, let's say it's Erev Rosh Hashanah. It's the end of year two. I pick, I pick a vegetable on Erev Rosh Hashanah year two. And now my worker ends up picking a vegetable, again, unbeknownst to me, on Rosh Hashanah year three. So the Gemara says, If it's year two of the cycle entering into year three, in the year, because we're both saying, and remember again, in year two, you have Maiserishon. Every year you have Maiserishon, as we're going to see, but you have Maiserishoni. Shlishes, but in year number three, Maiserishon, Maiserani. And year number three, ultimately, again, you have two different, you have a different type. Year three is not a Meiser Shani year, but rather it is a Meiser Ani year. So we'll say, the Gemara is just, it's the same case. All the Gemara is saying is that you can't tithe from one year's group onto the next. The Gemara is just illustrating this with an additional example, because sometimes actually from one year into the next, you have two different tithing obligations. So for example, the carrot you picked on Arab Rosh Hashanah year two, and the carrot that was picked for you on Rosh Hashanah year three, the year two carrot is subject to Meiser Shani. The year three carrot is subject to Meiser Ani. So therefore, again, they both say, I just want to point out, even if for argument's sake, let's say you're going from years four into five. So four and five have the same, have the same tithing obligations. Still, you can't tithe from one year on another because you can't tithe mina chadash ala yashan mina yashan ala chadash. From new on old, from old on new. But the Gemara is illustrating even more intensely that if you're going from years two to three, you might have different tithing obligations. Good. So we'll say, so let's talk about this. So we'll say, so now we're going to analyze this man a little bit. See, here's what we know. Again, one more time. Years one, two, four, five, Chuma, Maiserishon, Maiser Shani. Years three and six, Chuma, Maiserishon, Maiser Ani. Now, for the purposes of our conversation, we're taking out Truma. We're not, we're not, we're not dealing with Truma. The Gemara, the Gemara is sold on the idea of, right, well, we'll see, because of Pasuk is, right? Truma applies every year. Truma applies all the time. So Truma is not really part of this discussion at all. The discussion we're going to have really focuses on Maiserishon, which is a fixed obligation all six years, all six years. And then again, the, the, the switch off between Meiser Shani and Meiser Ani. So here we go. Says the Gemara, 
How do I know this? Now, how do I know what? Rashi says, Dibishlishis, third line down from Rashi, Dibishlishis, both say, how do I know that in years three and six, there is no Maeser Shemi? Right? How, how, do I, how do I know that? So the Gemara says, so Rabbi Shoban Levi says as follows. The Pasuk says, literally translated, When you finish tithing all of your, all of your crop, right, all of your crop, all on the year number three, the year of the tithe. The year of the tithe. So the Gemara says, "Shnas Hamaser Shana Shein Ba Ella Meiser Echad." It's the year where there's only one Meiser. So both say what the Gemara, what Torah is highlighting over here is that not every tithe applies every single year. So now the Gemara is saying, now we're focusing now on year number three. So on year number three, the Torah calls year number three the Shnas Hamaser. It is the year of the tithe. So which so which Meiser is it? Well, maybe it's a year. See, I say the Gemara is working under the assumption that you always give Maeser Rishon. We'll, dis- we'll discuss why, the Gima- why that is. But you're always going to give your Maeser Rishon. So now maybe what I would say is maybe years three and six should be years ultimately again of Maeser Rishon, Maeser Ani, and no Maeser Shani. And no Maeser Shani. Oh, Eino Ela, Af Maeser Rishon Nami Yibatel. Or maybe not. Maybe, maybe Maeser Rishon should also be bottled. In other words, how do you know? So I understand. We're going to, on years number three and six, essentially what we're going to do is we're going to drop Maeser Shani and substitute it with Maeser Ani. Maybe you should drop Maeser Rishon as well. How, how do you know that you're still giving Maeser Rishon? Talmud Lomar, ve'el halavim tedaber v'yamarta alehem. Ultimately, again, the Pasuk says to the Levim, you shall say, right? The Pasuk says, quoting over here from Bamidbar, to the Levim, you should say, the Levim will take their portion of the Miser from that which I have given to you, as your Nachala. Shabbosay says the Gimara, Hikishu of the Nachala. The Torah compares Maiserishon to an inheritance. Ma'nachala ain la hefsik. Just like an inheritance is what? Is what? Is constant. Is constant and consistent. Af Maiserishon ain la hefsik. So too, Maiserishon is constant and consistent as well. Fascinating limud. So therefore, again, I will say, here's what I know. I know that in years three and six, something's going to drop off. What's going to drop off? So the Gemara says we're going to drop off Maeser Shani, and instead we're going to you're going to put in there Maeser Ani, a unique singular Maeser that only applies in two years. I what about dropping Maeser Ishon? No, 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 no. We don't drop Maeser Ishon because the Torah compares Maeser Ishon to a Nachla, to an inheritance. Just like an inheritance doesn't change, so too Maeser Ishon doesn't change. Tanya Idach another brayz that supports the same idea. Shona Shein Ba'ala Maisachan. So both say this alternate version, this is this not alternate version, it's not an Igid Amri, it's an additional Braisa. Braisa quotes the same Pasik. Right? When you will go ahead and finish tithing your field in year number three, you'll give the Miser. What's the Miser? 
It's a year in which there's only one tide, one unique tide. So what's the case? So it must be, you're giving Maeser Rishon, and you're going to give Maeser Ani, and the tide that, that comes off is Maeser Shani. Maybe you would say that Maeser Ani, Maeser Rishon, sorry, you should also not give Maeser Rishon during the first year, during the third year, excuse me. Talmud Lomar, Ubaha Levi. The Levi comes, which means what? Calls man sheba tenlo. Anytime the Levi shows up, you give him. Which I will say, say now, if that's true, that means my Rishon applies when? When? All six years. All six years. Dear Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Eliezer and Yaakov, Omer, Enot Sarech, you don't even need that drasha. Hariyu Omer, Ve'el HaLevim, Tidaber Ve'amarta Aleim, To the Levim you shall say, Ki sikhu me'ez b'nei Yisrael ha'samaser ashenasati lochem, Me'itam b'nachalaschem, Torah compares the portion of the Levi to the Nachala, to the inheritance of Klal Yisrael. Just like an inheritance never has a Hefzik, so to Maiserishan doesn't have a Hefzik as well. So therefore, I both say again, when we, as we close out this sugya, we come out with a number of very important days. First of all, remember, what did the Mishnah tell me? When's the Rosh Hashanah for Yerakos? When's the Rosh Hashanah for Yerakos? Tishrei. Why is Yerakos phrased in the plural? Why is Yerakos phrased in the plural? Two different types of vegetables. So I'm sorry, before we get to that. Number, that's number one. Rosh Hashanah for, for, for Maisi Yerakos ultimately is first of Tishrei. Number two, the obligation to tie the Yerakos is Dirabanan. Again, we're going to get into that more in Yerat Hashem, is Dirabanan. Number two, when is the obligation to tie the vegetables? When is it generated? When is it generated? When the pre or when the, when the vegetable, when the Yerak is complete. When is the Yerak complete? Two different types of vegetables. Some vegetables are complete when they're bundled. Those are bundling vegetables. And others are complete when they are placed in the baskets. Because there are these two types of vegetables, therefore, what's whenever you see vegetables referred to in the Mishnah and the Brisa, they're always going to be referred to how? Yurakos in the plural. Because there are two different groupings of vegetables. And we'll say, what else did we learn from here? The tithing cycle works on a six-year cycle. Years one, two, four, and five. Chuma. Maiserishon, and then Maiser Shani. Years three and six, Chuma, Maiserishon, Maiser Ani. What comes out over here is Maiserishon is always in effect. Why is Maiserishon always in effect? Because the Torah compares Maiserishon to Nachla, to the inheritance of Klal Yisrael. Bless you. Just as the inheritance is constant and consistent, so too Maiserishon is constant and consistent. Incredible. Weiter. Lenedarm. So I'll say, here we go. Lenedarm. So remember again, the first of Tishrei, is also considered to be Rosh Hashanah for vowing purposes. So the Gemara says, what, what exactly does that mean? Here we go. Supposed to listen to this. If I go ahead and I make a nether, I say, I hereby make a nether that I'm not getting any benefit from Ruvain. Okay, you can make a nether like that. I'm not getting any benefit from Ruvain. So what's the halacha? What's the halacha? So that nether is in effect for one year. For one year. And how do you calculate the year? The Gemara says, Miyom Liyom. If I make that nether on the 15th of Cheshvan, of Tav Shin Pei Beis, it applies, it, appear, it applies until the 15th of Cheshvan, Tav Shin Pei Gimel. Okay. So the Gemara says, Amar, Lashana Zu. 
But watch this. So remember, the Lashon over here is, I said, I mean, no der hana from Ruvain, lishana, for a year. So for a year means exactly a year from now. But if I say I'm not going to get benefits from Ruvain, for what? Lishana zu, for this year, for this year. So what does that mean? Afilu lo aman ela be'esrim v'tisha be'elu, kevan she'ege yom echa v'tishrei, also lo shana. So we'll say, interestingly enough, if you say I'm not getting benefit from Ruvain for this year, this year refers to what? A calendar year. And therefore, even if I made this neder on the last day of Tishrei, that's the last day of El, excuse me, once Rosh Chodesh Tishrei comes, what's the halacha? I'm done. I finished my neder. Right? Now, here's what's interesting. You'll think to yourself, ah, I've seen this before. This is Rabbi Meir, right? Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that what? Right? One day of the year counts as the year. So maybe it's Rabbi Meir who holds that if you make a nether on the last day of Elo, not to get benefit from Ruvain, uh, for, for this year, the Shana Zoo, uh, Gemara says, no. Even if you normally don't hold, Yom Echad B'Shana Chashav Shana. Even if you don't normally subscribe to that, everyone still agrees that if you said, I hereby take a nedr, L'Shana Zu, for this year, and you make that nedr on the last day of Elul, and you observe the nedr for one day, once Rosh Chodesh Tishrei comes, you're done. Why? The Gemara says, L'Seure Nafshe Kabbalale V'Etzdarle. Because they're both saying, the concept of making a nedr, not to get benefit from someone, is a nedr that is put in place to cause me discomfort. Or to cause me quote unquote pain. So therefore, again, mission accomplished. Who's right? In other words, one, once I've experienced this discomfort or inconvenience, ultimately for one day, the essence of the nether has already been fulfilled, and therefore my vow is done. Come the first of Tishrei. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says over here. Rashi says over here. Um, no, not yet. Sorry. So we'll say, so good. Let's go back to Ve'emani, son. So the Gemara says, I, but one second. How do you know? Why, why is Tishrei the Rosh Hashanah for Nedarim? Why not Nisan? Listen to this. B'Nedarim, Halach, Achar, Lashomani Adam. Because by Nedarim, ultimately, again, we go by the way people speak. Now look at Rashi. Lashomani Adam. She'ein Adam no der ela alashin shuragil ledaber. A person will say, we assume that Nedarim are governed by or are defined by the way that people speak in a normative fashion. Because I will say, interestingly enough, what, what, when people normally seek out Rosh Hashanah, the new year, what are they normally referring to? Right? Rosh Hashanah, first of Tishrei. So I will say, interestingly enough, the Gemara says, we're not wading into the Machlokis, Rabbi Eliezer and, and, and Rabbi Yoshua, about when the world was created. We're not getting into that. By Nidarim, we go after the vernacular, right? How do people normally speak? And since when people normally speak by Rosh Hashanah, they're referring to the first of Tishrei, that's how we go. Therefore, we'll say, Allah Chalamaisa, the Gemara says, if I take a nether, not to get Hana from Ruvain, and I say Lishana for a year, a year is calculated how? How? One year from the time of the vow. But if I say Lishana Zu this year, then that is looked at as a normative calendar year from Tishrei to Tishrei. And therefore, again, if I make that neder sometime before Tishrei, once Tishrei comes, the neder is done. Even if I only observed one day. But we'll say, we'll start the next, so yeah, a little bit, because we have a few moments still. A few moments, which is a really beautiful idea. So the Gemara says as follows. 
The Gemara says, Tanan Hasam. So we'll say, let's analyze this a bit more. Tanan Hasam, we learned here. Hatil son Misha Titzmach. So we'll say, listen to this. Co- coming off of our vegetable sugya, right? So in the vegetable sugya, we established that when is the tithing obligation generated? When is it generated? When you pick the vegetables. Now again, maybe bundling of the vegetables, you go ahead and, or, or put the vegetables in the basket. But Lamaisa, it's only generated once the vegetables are picked. Well, we are now going to be introduced into the dramatic, exciting, wild new world of tithing is that it doesn't work that way for other items. Other items, their tithing year is often established by when they reach a particular level of maturation, even before they're actually picked or harvested. So, for example, the Gemara says, Tanar Hasam, Hatilson, Fenugreek, Fenugreek, Mishetitzmach. As soon as it blossoms, that establishes its tithing. And I both say, now you're asking yourself, what does that mean? You can't eat from it anyway, it's attached to the ground. What does it mean that establishes its tithing year? We'll say, why is this important? What, what does it mean to establish a tithing year? Because what did we just say before? One, two, four, five. What's in effect then? One, two, four, five? Shuma? Okay, that's always. Maiser Rishon, always. But what else? Maiser Shani. Three and six? Maiser Ani. So we'll say, now watch this. What the Gemara is saying is like this. Halacha you have to know when the Maiser obligation is generated because you, it's very, it's very shayach that you can have maturation occur in one year. But what? But what? Harvesting occur in a different year. And therefore, it's quite possible that Allah it's two different tithes that apply on both of those years. So I know we'll stop over here. We're going to pick up tomorrow. We're starting with fenugreek. I know it's, it's hard to contain your excitement. But tomorrow, we're going to start with Tilsa and Abosai. It's great because actually a lot of times, a lot of these halachas of Truma, we call it Truma Samaisers, but it's Maisers sometimes eludes us a little bit. But in fact, in Merit Hashem, we're going to see, we're going to be able to delve into it, really get a better understanding of it in Merit Hashem, and hopefully master these halachas. So we'll stop here. Of course. Have a great day, Dad. Good to see you.